Welcome to Chapters of Motherhood. This is a weekly podcast about this hashtag mom life that is motherhood with all the struggles, chaos, and true blessings that come with the title mom. I am your host, Veronica. At 17 years old, I became a mom for the first time. And at 41, I had a water birth for my fifth baby. The goal of this podcast is to share with you my motherhood experience and hopefully help you realize that you are not alone in your own mom life journey. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, working mom, or a single mom, from potty training struggles, bedtime snuggles, and everything in between, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I share your frustrations and your joys. Every week is a different chapter of motherhood. Welcome, everybody, to Chapters of Motherhood podcast. I am your host, Veronica, and I wanted to take the opportunity to just explain a little bit as to why I've been MIA lately. I did just release a new episode called Chapter 7, Mom to an Angel, Loss of a Child, and that was the episode that I was, I had just recorded and I was editing during the time that I started feeling chest pains and both my arms started to get tingly. And then suddenly I was starting to get like um, upper back and neck spasm. And I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know what I did. I must have sat down wrong. I must have um, pinched a nerve. I must have done something wrong. So right after that, when I was editing, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put this away. I must be tired. I'm just going to go to sleep and, you know, hopefully I'll feel better. And throughout the night, it started getting worse, not better. And I live about an hour and 20 minutes away from my family, from my parents. And um, my closest family member is still about 45 minutes away. So anyway, I, I was not feeling well. My chest was hurting. There was like a sharp, tense uh, tightening happening. And like I said, both my arms were feeling tingly. So I thought, what am I going to do? You know, we have the three little ones, the three little girls, and, you know, it's just me and my husband. And so I woke him up at uh, 3 a.m. and I told him, you know, I'm not feeling well. You know, my chest is really hurting. It's really hard for me to breathe. And, you know, my arms are feeling weird. Um, I think we should go to the emergency room. And he had the same reply to me. Well, what are we supposed to do with the girls? And I told him, well, I don't know, I, I can't drive myself and, you know, we can't leave them here by themselves. So I, I don't know what to do. So um, we decided that we were going to wait until the morning. And this was last Saturday night. And we decided that we were going to wait until the morning. And in the morning, we would decide as to what to do because the next day was Father's Day. And we already had our plans to go visit my father. So we did. I waited. And throughout the night, it was very painful. It was very hard to breathe. It was hard to sleep through it. And I put on my Fitbit. And as I was, as I was you know, laying there trying to go to sleep, my Fitbit was showing my heart rate was over 100. Um, It was like 106, 112. And I thought, you know, I'm just trying to sleep. I don't know why my heart rate is so high. Anyway, um, in the morning about 8.30, I slept in. My husband allowed me to sleep in. And when I woke up, I told him, you know what? Whatever it was, it passed. I don't feel bad anymore. I feel good, you know. So I took a shower. I blow dried my hair. I strained it. I got ready. I got dressed. And we started go to my parents' house. And on the way there, you know, we did stop by Starbucks. I did get a coffee. And, you know, on our way, we went. So we got to my parents' house. And um, 
I told my mom about it. I told her, oh, you know, I don't know what was happening, but whatever it was, you know, it went away. You know, I didn't, I didn't even take medication for it because it was the middle of the night. I hadn't eaten anything and I didn't want to add, you know, a stomach problem to it. So, um, we were eating and she was telling me, I think you should really go to the hospital and get yourself checked out. And I kept telling her, well, what for, you know, I, I feel fine. There's nothing going on. You know, how embarrassing. I'm supposed to show up to the ER and say I was having chest pains last night, but right now I'm good. So I was being stubborn and I didn't want to go. And the more she talked to me, the more um, it started making sense because she said, you know, well, what happens if you go home and you start feeling these pains again? You can't wait another night. And so that kind of got to me. I thought, well, yeah, she's right. You know, I feel good right now. But what if I go home tomorrow, tonight, and I start feeling these pains again, then I'm going to be stuck again thinking, what am I going to do with the kids? So my husband also was trying to convince me. So I finally decided, okay, fine, you know, we'll go get myself checked out, you know, go to the urgent care and, and see, see what's what. But as I was um, on my way to the urgent care, the emergency room was right next door. And I thought, well, if this was chest pains, if this was, you know, something to worry about with my heart, it would be better to go to the emergency room because they have, you know, all the technology there as opposed to the urgent care. The urgent care is just going to redirect us there. So I told my husband, okay, let's just go to the emergency room. And as I was there, I specifically remember telling him as we were walking from the car into the building, I told him how embarrassing. I'm going to show up and tell them, oh, I was having chest pains and shortness of breath last night, but right now I'm feeling good. And as we started walking in and getting into the line, I thought, you know, am I like psychologically psyching myself out? Like what is happening? Because I started getting pains again and my arms started tingling again and my back was starting to spasm a little bit again. And so the more I stood there, the more I thought like, am I doing this to myself? Because it's kind of hard to breathe now. And I'm feeling so, my husband had said, it's cold in here. And I'm like, really? I am sweating. I am sweating so much in here. And he tells me, well, go sit down. I'll stay in line. So I sat down and um, one, one patient had heard me and he said, well, there are wheelchairs right there. And I'm like, I don't think I need a wheelchair. So <laughs> I went and I sat down and as I was sitting there, I started feeling worse and worse. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is feeling just like last night. And so when they called me in, they, you know, they only allowed me to go into the triage and my husband had to wait outside. And the guy, um, just the registration clerk just asked me for my ID and my insurance card, which I gave it to him. And he just immediately started putting, you know, the um, blood pressure, uh, I don't know what that thing is called, the blood pressure thing to measure you. And he stuck a thermometer in my mouth and he put, I guess the, I don't know what that thing is on your finger. I don't even know what these things are called. But anyways, he did all that and he's typing, typing, typing. And um, the blood pressure machine goes off and I'm sitting there like trying to concentrate on breathing. And he looks over and he goes, oh, this can't be right. This your, Did the blood pressure cuff already expand? And I told him, yeah. And he's like, well, this can't be right. Let me put it on the other arm. And I asked him, well, is it showing up high? And he said, yes. And I said, well, it should be because I'm having chest pains and shortness of breath. And he's like, really? So he checked my other arm and sure enough, the blood pressure was really high. And so was the heart rate. 
And um, so he immediately said, okay, how long has this been happening? I told him, you know, since 1030 last night. Um, it went away. I felt fine. And now I'm here again because, you know, I'm having the same symptoms. So he immediately called for an EKG and EKG is those little electrodes, the, those little stickies that they put on your chest and it's connected to like a machine and they monitor your heart rate. So they took me back to do that. And the tech that was trying to do that, I was just in so much pain. I was really trying to um, breathe. And he kept telling me, you know, time consuming part of this test is putting all the stickies on you correctly. Um, the test should be over in like 15 to 30 seconds. And we were in there for 10 minutes because he kept telling me, you need to relax, you know, stop tensing up, you, you're, you're breathing erratically, I need you to stop, it's not picking up the test right. And I guess their thought is because I'm only 44 and if you see me in person, I look younger than what I am. So their thoughts are, you know, she's probably having a panic attack, she's probably, you know, exaggerating, you know, it's probably nothing to do with her heart. But he kept telling me, you know, I need you to calm down. I need you to stop breathing. I need you to, you know, relax. And I'm like, I can't to the point where I started crying because I couldn't, I couldn't stop. It hurt. It was, it was hurting me. And the thing is that I wasn't moving. I was sitting still and the readings he was getting was accurate. So anyway, he finally, you know, saw that I was crying. He's like, okay, let's just give them what I have. And he took me back to the emergency room. They, they already had a room for me ready. And um, we met up with my husband and this tech, he just walked right ahead. And I, like I said, I think because of, you know, my age and what I look like, he walked up ahead and thought, okay, come on. And I'm back, like holding onto the walls, trying to follow him, you know, trying to make sure because I was getting dizzy as well. So he puts me back into the room and I start getting, you know, assessed again. They start taking my vitals again. And the doctor comes in right away and she says, okay, you know, I got your vitals. You know, your blood pressure is really high. You know, what were you doing? They asked me if I was taking any illicit drugs. And I told them, no, I wasn't taking anything. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I don't do any. I'm pretty boring. You know, my drug of choice is caffeine. You know, that's about it. Coffee. So anyway, they started taking all my vitals and so she uh, concluded that my blood pressure was very high and they were going to give me uh, medication in the, in the IV to lower it. And oh, they had also wanted me to give a urine sample. Now when I went to the restroom, like every mother knows how to take a urine sample, right? We've been doing it ever since we've been pregnant and you know, every time you go to the doctor and they need a urine sample, well... This time I went to the restroom and I could not hold the cup right. I, I know this is going to sound gross, but, you know, full disclosure, I peed everywhere all over myself, my hands. You know, I, I got enough in the cup, but it was very difficult for me to do so because I was just in so much pain. And, you know, it was very hard for me to breathe. So anyways, I cleaned it up and put it in the little bag and I gave it to the tech and I went back and so they gave me medication through the IV and they told me just lay back, you know, let the medication work. It's going to lower your blood pressure back to normal levels. And I thought, okay. So I laid back and I looked at my husband and I told him, you know what? I think this is working. I told him, I, I think so. And then not even like two minutes later, I said, you know what? I'm wrong, babe. This is not working. I, my left arm feels numb and there's something happening in my chest. And I told him, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but something's happening in my chest. 
And then just out of nowhere, it was just a sudden like pressure on my chest and then tightness. And then I couldn't breathe. So I had to sit up really quickly. And I told him, I don't know what's happening. And as I said, I don't know what's happening. I had this uncontrollable emotional response where I just started crying and screaming and wailing saying, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. I'm clutching onto my, you know, left breast because it was hurting. The chest was hurting, but I was clutching onto myself and I wasn't able to breathe right. And I started, you know, breathing very heavily. And my husband sat up and he's like, calm down, calm down, you know, try to breathe, follow my breathing. Do you want me to call somebody? But in all that time, because I was screaming, crying and wailing, they heard me like the the nurse and the doctor and everybody, you know, the the doctors in their area heard me screaming. So they all came out running uh, into the room. It must have been like five or seven people. I'm not really sure. They pushed my husband out of the way. They asked him, like, what happened? And he said, I don't know. She said that she thought it was working. Then she said that she didn't think it was working. Then she started screaming. I don't know what's going on. And so they immediately put me on oxygen levels four, whatever that means. And um, they started, you know, taking my blood pressure, they started poking, you know, getting blood, they started, they just started like really working on me, they put I heard the doctor say, put on the paddles just in case and they had put on those sticky paddles in case um, I needed to get what is that thing called like an electric charge on the heart and they put it on my chest and on this on my left side. And they started putting a bunch of stickies all over me to get connected to the machines. And the machines were just, they were blowing up like I had never heard before. And everybody was in the room trying to get me to um, calm down and trying to get me to breathe in the oxygen. And I don't know what they were pushing in the IV. I, I don't even, I don't know. I don't remember. But they started giving me medication and pushing things into the IV and, you know, pulling blood and, you know, hooking me up to everything. And then finally, it, it kind of like passed a little bit. And, you know, I was still like clutching onto myself and, and it was still a lot of pain. I told him, I'm just feeling a lot of pain in my chest and a lot of um, pressure and I can't breathe. And so after they had gotten me a little bit stable, they immediately sent me to CT to get a CT scan with dye. And so when they had me on the CT uh, table, uh, CAT scan table, they uh, did their pictures first and then they came in and said, okay, we're going to give you the dye so that we can see your arteries better. We want to make sure that there's nothing wrong with the arteries. So they gave me the dye and they told me, you're going to get very warm. And I did. I got very, very warm while I was in there. And then they brought me back out. It was super quick. And they brought me back out. And as they were telling me, okay, now you can get back on your, you know, gurney to go back to your room. I told the nurse, I, I told her, I think it's happening again. And she's like, what? And I, and I said, I, I, I think it's happening again. It's hurting. And again, another episode, whatever this episode was, it happened again, but not as severe as the first time. And again, I was like, um, hard for me to breathe. There was just a bunch of pressure just on my chest, on my heart. There was just a bunch of pressure. I, it was hard for me to breathe. My arms were tingling. And so she had to run right back. And they had that, that, I guess that crash cart, I guess that's what you call it, where you connect it in case you need to get a jump. I'm, 
I'm very bad at remembering all these medical names. But anyway, she had it and she ran with me back. And um, the doctor had already got a little, like the tiniest little pill bottle that I had ever seen. And she ordered the nurse to give me nitroglycerin. And so she gave me a nitroglycerin tablet under the tongue and it dissolved. And seriously, like within two minutes, I started feeling better. And I said, oh, yeah. I can breathe, you know, I can breathe and like, you know, my, my arms aren't, you know, feeling so bad, you know, there's still like soreness around my chest. It still feels a little sore, but I can breathe better, better. And so she said, okay, then I'm going to give you another one. So she gave me two nitroglycerin uh, tablets under the tongue. And sure enough with that, I felt so much better. I'm like, okay, I can breathe. There's no more tingling in my arms. And I just feel a lot of soreness on my chest still, you know, and so they kept giving me medication to bring down the heart rate because they said that my heart was working very hard. And my blood pressure was very high. So they had to keep bringing it down. My blood pressure went up to 178 over 148. And that's scary high. And so they kept monitoring me so that it could kept coming down with all the medication that they were giving me. And it did. It came down. But at that point, they decided that there's no way that they were going to send me home without knowing exactly what just happened. Because they were saying, well, you know, you're not having a heart attack. That's not, I don't see that in your test results. All your test results are coming up negative as far as, you know, clogged arteries, as far as damage to the heart or damage to the arteries or the veins. But they decided that they were going to give me an echocardiogram, which is a ultrasound. It's an ultrasound of your heart to see the blood vessels. So the earliest that they could do that is the next day. So they decided they were going to let me uh, stay, they were going to admit me into the hospital under observation and they were going to do that, that further testing to find out exactly what's going on. Now, throughout the night, I was being pumped full of medications. They kept giving me aspirin. Um, they kept giving me um, anti-inflammatory medication. They kept so many medications. I, I've never taken as much medication as I have in my whole life than when I did during their, that stay at the hospital. But during all this, you know, I have my little girls to think about. Where are my babies? And they were with my parents, so they were in good hands. But, you know, I was nervous for them. And my husband, you know, was nervous also, and he didn't want to leave my side, but I kept telling him, there's nothing that you can do here. Like, I'd rather you either go be with the girls or go to work or, you know, go rest, go take care of the dog, because we still, somebody needed to come home to the dog. And I didn't want him wasting his time just sitting there while they were pumping me full of drugs, while they were taking me from test to test. And, you know, it didn't make sense for him to, to be there. And, you know, of course, also, they were just going to continue to do a bunch of testing. So there was just no point for him to be there. So anyways, I spent the night and the next morning they did the the echocardiogram and the tech really took his time, you know, making sure he was going over everything. And I didn't get the results yet. So later on that day, they called me, the doctor called me on the phone and said that um, the cardiologist does not feel comfortable sending me home yet since they still do not have a diagnosis as to what's going on with me or with my heart. 
and they were going to keep me another night for observation so that they can um, schedule more testing. So I spent a total of four days in the hospital. But during this time, they just, they were perplexed. They didn't know. So finally, somebody did come in, the cardiologist just did come in and said, okay, I took a look at all your test. You know, it took a while to get the echocardiogram. I took a look at the CT scan, you know, all your records from the ER. And I am not confident in telling you exactly what's happening. So one of two things is happening. Either you have a clogged artery where we can't see it and you're going to need an, uh, an angiogram or you have inflammation of the heart and it's the lining of the tissues of your heart. So she said, I don't feel comfortable sending you home yet until I know for sure that there are no blockages. So she kept me another night and said that the very next morning I was going to go to another hospital in, I was in Kaiser. I was in Kaiser and Downey and they were going to send me to the Hollywood location in on Sunset. That's where they have the cath lab. And when I went, I was transferred through ambulance um, from one hospital to another. All this while, you know, my kids were in good hands. They were with my mom. They were having a blast. You know, they, they thought, you know, they love being at their grandparents' house. But, you know, they I didn't have them. And so, of course, they were missing me and they were calling me. And, you know, during this time, I just needed to concentrate on getting myself better. And when they took me to Sunset... I had to get an angiogram and what an angiogram is, is actually it's a catheter that gets inserted to a vein or an artery in your groin and it goes all, they thread it all the way up to your heart with a camera so that they can see exactly what's happening. So it's, it's a procedure, but a surgery, quote unquote, but it's a procedure. And so they took me in and they did it. And I got very lucky because I did get the cardiologist head of the department of the cath lab. So like the specialist, like the top of the line doctor was working on me and he threaded the camera and he looked and he saw that everything was fine. But I had another episode where my blood pressure went up very high and so did my heart rate. And he saw that it had nothing to do with my heart. As far as a heart attack, he concluded that it was not clogged arteries. Um, he couldn't say what it was. He could only say what it was not which was not clogged arteries, um, didn't need a bypass, didn't need anything um, that he could do. All he found was a little bit of cholesterol buildup that he wasn't going to do anything about. He wasn't going to worry about that. That had nothing to do with what was going on with me. So um, between that, I also had a stress test. And a stress test is usually they give you um, a certain medication to put your heart under some stress, and then they want you to walk on a treadmill. Well, I never got on the treadmill because as soon as they gave me that medication again, it felt like an enormous amount of pressure on my chest and I was having a hard time breathing. And they were able to um, counteract the medication with, believe it or not, with coffee. <laughs> so they gave me coffee and they were able to counteract the medication. But anyway, when I was done with Sunset, they sent me back to Downey. And now with all tests, all every test that they could have done on me, the doctor uh, concluded that it was, well, they told me it was not a heart attack, but it was perimyocarditis, which is inflammation of the tissue surrounding the heart. So not the heart itself, but it does mimic a heart attack. 
Now, I had conflicting reports because some doctors and nurses would say, okay, it has nothing to do with your heart. And some other doctors and nurses were like, well, you had a very minor, very minor, minor heart attack. So it's like, okay, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. But what I do know is that I do have inflammation surrounding the heart, the tissue surrounding the heart. So with that information, they gave me medication. I have to be on medication for at least three months and I I would have a follow-up. But what they said that could cause that kind of disorder or disease, heart, because it is a heart disease, they said that it would be caused by either a flu or a viral infection or, you know, like some type of viral infection, which I we haven't been sick. I have not been sick for the past, I don't know, five or six months. Um, I have no viral infection because they were checking my blood and, you know, they were checking everything and there was nothing that was coming up abnormal. Um, the only thing that came up abnormal, which is why they believe it had something to do with the heart, was an enzyme that the heart produces if you've had a heart attack. And that was elevated with me. So that's why they took every precaution, every measure, every test that they could regarding the heart with me. Are you looking for an alternative way to ease pain? CBD oil is a simple solution, all natural and directly from a plant. It's just like any other plant that we consume, making it healthy for our bodies. Stop taking pills for pain management. Take non-psychoactive CBD oil as an herbal approach to wellness. Here at Family Friendly CBD, we carry organic CBD full-spectrum oil. It has a pleasant taste and will help you with pain management. For more information, click on the website link in the show notes. Now, back to our conversation. So anyway, that is my story. That's why I've been MIA lately. Part of the story is, as a mom, my first thought when this started happening was, I can't go get seen in the middle of the night because who's going to take care of my kids, you know, and self-care gets thrown around a lot. And I thought I was doing some self-care. I thought, you know, I you know, I like to take bubble baths. Um, I like to relax. I listen to meditation. I have a bunch of meditation podcasts um, that I like to listen to. And, you know, I take my time after the kids go to bed and I spend, that's my alone time. So I thought I was doing self-care, but it wasn't enough. And, you know, we have a pool, so I do try to swim, especially now that it's been getting hot. I had been trying to swim. So I thought I was doing self-care. I don't have a, a bad diet. I don't have the best, like not like, you know, perfect, but I don't have the worst either. It's just, it's normal diet. Like I try to eat healthy every now and again. I'll throw in a couple of vegan meals in into my diet. And every now and again, I throw in my indulgences that I like to have, like cheesecake and Oreo cookie shakes. But that's not often. So usually I have a very good diet and I'm not very active, but I'm not inactive either. You know, I have toddlers that I'm chasing after. So, you know, um, we, t we try to take the dog on walks, you know, as a family, we'll take the dog on walks. So I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know why this happened. The point is, moms, is that we really got to take care of our health for not just our own sake, but for our children's sake, because yeah, you, the kids want you there. They need you there. Who's going to take care of them? No one's going to do a better job than you, but you can't be there 
if you're not taking care of yourself first. You know, it's just like in the airplanes when they say you got to put on your breathing apparatus on yourself first before you can put it on your neighbor or your passenger or your child. That's the same thing. You've got to take care of yourself first before you can take care of the little ones. And so my story that I'm sharing with you is because self-care really is very important and I am going to make it more of a priority from now on, especially after speaking with the doctor, as she told me that this is a condition that will take three months to recover from. So when I talked to her and I told her that I'm still feeling very tired, there's some, you know, residual chest pain. I'm feeling, um, you know, tingling in my arms. It's hard to breathe. I get run down. After six hours of the medication, you know, has stopped working. And she did say, well, this is a condition that takes three months to recover from. So you're going to have to be on the medication for three months at least. Then there will be a follow-up with a cardiologist, another echocardiogram, and hopefully everything will clear up by then. So it's taking a toll on me and my family. My husband has helped me so much with the children, my parents as well. My oldest daughter, Leah, as well, has helped out so much. And everybody's really pulled together to help me through this. And I'm very lucky. I realize that I'm very lucky to have as much help as I do have with my kids. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Veronica. Until next time. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, share it with a mom friend. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Chapters of Motherhood podcast. You can rate and review on Apple Podcast. You can leave me a voicemail message on Anchor FM. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Chapters of Motherhood or Twitter at Mother Podcaster. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Veronica. Tune in each week to find your chapter of motherhood.